This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast presented by Monkey Knife Fight. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston. And we got football, shockingly. Yeah, usually we tape this episode on Wednesdays, uh, but we had to press a pause button because COVID. Uh, because who are the last men standing? This is basically a preseason week four game, I think, Fudston, <laughs> uh, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and what's crazy is the cupboard is so bare right now at running back. Uh, it is such uh, just a, a vast empty space at tight end that we are you know definitely considering some of these guys like Ross Dwelly and Tyler Irvin and Michael Hasty. so we're gonna go through here and give some over or unders on several of these players here in our fantasy five but let's start with the Green Bay backfield let's say you get picked up a Tyler Irvin uh and a homecoming game is San Jose State Spartan Brandon <laughs> Uh, or Dexter Williams, where'd you rank them this week? Are they even top 30? Would you remotely consider consider either one of these, say, in a PPR or half-point PPR league? Yeah, information is king. You know, I'm hoping to get gleaned some more, uh, you know, understanding of how these roles would play out. But I do have Tyler Irvin uh, ranked as an RB3 right now. It's fluid where I'm going to end up with him. But I, the thing I like about him against this tough San Francisco defense, specifically against the run, um, is that Tyler Irvin's likely to lead the way in the passing game yep. from the backfield. And you look at Sam, or you look at uh, Green Bay; they average about seven catches per game from their art from their running backs. And if you know, if Tyler, I, I could see Tyler Irvin getting at least five of those. Uh, maybe they dump off a couple to Dexter Williams, and I'm sure they'll use Tyler Irvin on the ground as well. But I think. This is going to be a game where Aaron Rodgers is going to have to attack the secondary. And, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to have a whole lot of success on the ground. So for that, I'm giving Tyler Irvin the advantage over Dexter Williams. Oh, I am too. And just kind of put in context, of course, we're assuming that there's no Aaron Jones in this game because that would uh, clearly be a game changer. But I'm with you on Tyler Irvin. I think they're going to try to get him outside the tackle box, utilize him in the short field as a passer. Yeah, this could be a four or five catch kind of James White-like game for him uh and i would play him right now i've got him at rb 34 uh head of dexter williams ahead of james white interestingly enough head of jd mckissick hell i got him one spot ahead of devin singletary mm, interesting yeah well i mean again it's a huge x factor here i do have him ahead of james white i'm looking at my rankings right now i have him running back 35 and again i'm this is fluid uh we'll be playing around with these rankings all the way up till game time most likely yeah, no doubt. Now, look at the San Francisco side of things. Uh, I've got Jamaica, Jamichael Hasty handsomely ranked uh, inside my RB2 class, and I believe you do too because Green Bay has allowed the most fancy points of running back position, giving up 4.66 yards per carry, close to 170 total yards per game, and 14 total touchdowns. But do you think you're going to get an uptick in Jarek McKinnon? Where you got him? Uh, I have Jarek McKinnon at 22, and I have Jermichael Hasty at 25. So I'm not comfortably ranking both of these guys as RB2s. I like Jarek McKinnon better in this one. Uh, Jermichael Hasty, you know, he's going to be in a fine workload opportunity most likely. I don't think he's super great. <laughs> like, I, I mean, that, <laughs> uh, that's just kind of a nice way to put it. I think he's uh, sort of marginal. Um, but – you know, I always preach workload, and there should be a decent amount of uh, handoffs that he'll be taking uh, tonight. 
Uh, Marginal is the new nickname for only Dave Montgomery. (laughs) So that's already secured. It's copyrighted. We cannot apply that to anyone else. Uh, But I'm with you. I'm in a similar class on Hasty. And I love me some Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, If there's some receiving yards props out there you might want to get some action on, hammer the over, whatever it is. Uh, Because Green Bay has given up 6.4 catches, 63.2 yards per game through the air to opposing RBs. That plays perfectly in the skill set of McKinnon. On that note, before we get to the Fantasy Five on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track, we are, of course, presented by MonkeyNightFight.com. Go there right now. It's more or less over or under on your favorite players, whether tied to the Thursday Night Affair or any of the other matchups on the Week 9 docket. Use that promo code FTN when you sign up. Again, promo code FTN to get a free $5 game on the house only. At monkeyknifefight.com. All right, let's get to today's Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, let's start off here. I'll put all these odds, of course, from monkeyknifefight.com. Let's uh, go with Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, 285.5 pass yards here, Brandon. And I'm taking the under on this. You know, Green Bay is uh, suddenly a heavy favorite. You know, the line opened at two and a half. The Kittle-Garoppolo news broke. It spiked, and then all these other injuries uh, got thrown out there, and it spiked again. It's up to 7.5, and, and the total's at 48.5. I don't see Rodgers throwing a ton in this game. I, I think it's going to be lower scoring than people think. I got a 23-16 Green Bay. I think he's going to have a fine fantasy effort. But, you know, San Francisco, Jason Verrett's having a sensational year. He's given up just a 50.9 passer rating, 0.47 yards per snap. San Francisco has a collective allowing just 6.7 pass yards per attempt. I think Rodgers goes for like 265, maybe 270, a couple of touchdowns. You know, very much in the QB1 conversation, but I don't see him getting to 286. So I'm under on this number. Fader, follow me. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson's coming off a 261 passing yard game against them, and Ryan Fitzpatrick had 350. You look at everybody else, they've been 230 or lower against this team. I think San Francisco is going to have to come out on the defensive side. I think the defense knows that this is really their only hope uh, for being competitive is the defense to step up in a major way. Uh, I think also what could come into play is Green Bay, if they get a comfortable lead, they probably won't be risking you know, Aaron Rodgers in that passing game against uh, some guys that can get after the quarterback there. So I'm going to take the under as well. I'm with you on this on the game score. I have it as a seven-point spread. I think the 49ers get a backdoor cover here, and it ends up 27-20. Mm-hmm. But I think for most of the game, uh, for most of the second half, the, the 49ers will have a, a much bigger lead, and San Francisco maybe gets some garbage time production. All right, let's do rapid fire head-to-head here. Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen, who's been struggling, though he gets Seattle at home. Uh, Give me Josh Allen. I will also take Josh Allen. What about uh, Aaron Rodgers or the rookie sensation Justin Herbert at home against Vegas? Oh, I got Justin Herbert one spot behind Aaron Rodgers. We'll see about that. I may I may move that by game time, but they're Uh, right there. I just moved Rodgers behind Herbert. uh, Full disclosure. Last one. (laughs) Tom Brady uh, against New Orleans. The battle for the all time touchdown record and Drew Brees and the Saints or one Aaron Rodgers. Well, so right now I have Aaron Rodgers six. I have Justin Herbert seven. I have Tom Brady eight. So I'll give me Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I have Tom Brady eight. I have Aaron Rodgers seven. So slight advantage as well to Aaron Rodgers there. Number four. All right, let's move on to Trent Taylor 
And desperate times call for desperate measures, Brandon. There are people actually asking me questions on Twitter at Noisy Wavels, follow Funston at Brandon Funston. Do I dare play Trent Taylor? Like, who else is going to catch the ball? Well, I think it's going to be a whole lot of Ross Dwelly tonight. And I may or may not have plus 350 for an anytime touchdown on that backup tight end, now starting tight end. But Taylor. Uh, you know, mainly a slot guy. Going to see him in the slot. Going to see him outside. He's like a poor, poor man's Danny Amendola. <laughs> I guess is probably the best <laughs> way to put it. 50 and a half yards. I don't trust him. I have no good reasons. I mean, Jair Alexander's going to have to cover somebody. He's not going to shadow anybody exclusively in this game. But I, I'm going to take the under here. I know the volume's going to be there, but I, I'm not sensing a 51-yard game. Would you dare roll the dice on Taylor? Uh, I'm kind of with you on this one. I, I sort of want to take the over, but I think this is such a mess. And, you know, you got Richie James, you got Trent Taylor, you got Ross Dwelly. There's all these unknown factors. And, you know, we really don't know. I, I know that Trent Taylor, one of, his, one of his healthiest seasons in the NFL was 2018 when Nick Mullins had a decent amount of run. But uh, he played alongside Nick Mullins in a lot of games, and there was like a – just an assembly line of one catch games with Nick Mullins. So you can't even look back to when these guys played together and point to something uh, and to get overly optimistic about. I'm just going to, because it's such an unknown, I'm going to play it safe and take the under. Can we get, uh, I don't know, Jerry Rice in a uniform again, maybe T.O.? I mean, T.O.'s still in tremendous shape. He could probably just walk on the field to catch five balls for 70 and a touchdown. Hell, John Taylor, get him out of here. Let's get, about, let's get him out. What about Dante Pettis? Oh, oh yeah, he got cut, and uh, he got claimed by the Giants. <laughs> the Giants picked up Dante Pettis. Wow. Yeah, you think he's flipping the 49ers a bird right now from New York City or from East Rutherford? Uh, that would have to be a giant beacon of a bird from East Coast <laughs> to see it on the western side of the country. But bottom line here, avoid Trent Taylor. Number three. All right, what about Robert Tunyon? It's not Tanyan. Uh, it is like the Funyuns, uh, which are just disgusting. I hate those damn things. I'm not a fan of it. It's one of your nicknames, too. Your fun yep. buns, your fun bags, uh, happy fun time, uh, and you're also Funyuns. A lot of people have you know played on words with your last name. So Robert Tunyon, 9.5 fantasy points in a PPR setting here, a monkey knife fight. Uh, I'm taking the over. And I like the yardage props, too. I'm on the over on that. You know, you look at San Francisco, they've been pretty competitive against tight ends. I mentioned the 6.7 pass yards per attempt they've allowed this year. Uh, just 42.7 yards per game, 3.8 receptions a game, only one touchdown that they have given up the tight end position. But we may or may not have Alan Lazard back in this game. He has practiced on a limited basis, but he's not cleared for takeoff. I think that Tunyon is going to be the second option because there's trust issues there, clearly with MVS. And, and Tunyon is consistently getting separation. He's actually number one among all tight ends in average target separation. He's tied in two with 11.4 yards per target. He's caught 85.2% of his intended looks from Aaron Rodgers. So I'm sensing like, you know, four catches, 45 yards. I think he's going to score as well. So give me the over on 9.5 fantasy points. Fade or follow. Yeah, and you look at the 49ers, they've been good against tight ends, but they've played Arizona, they've played the Jets, they've played New England. They haven't had a tight end step up for any of those teams all season long. So those are just basically tight end non-factor teams. I don't think you can take you know, too much solace in that. Mike Kosicki went for 5-91. and 91. We saw Tyler Higby go for 56 yards against them. Tanyans had double-digit fantasy points in four of six games i think the odds are he hits the over on this one as well do you like him more than ross dwelly uh yes i do 
Oh, man, it's close. I think they both have really excellent shots, like I said, of finding the end zone. Uh, I well, have Tunyon slightly higher. Yeah, I mean, we got just got to remember, George Kittle and even Jordan Reed athletically are just so much superior to Ross Dwelly. And, and I think we tend to think, oh, this is the 49ers, and they just, you know, they churn out tight end fantasy production. But they've had, when Jordan Reed's healthy, he's an, an exceptional athletic specimen at the tight end position, and we know George Kittle is as well. So I just don't know that you can assume that plug and play, whatever tight end just sits in there. But I, I agree, Ross Dwelly should get a decent amount of, of looks in this one, and we'll see if he can take advantage of it. All right, get in the end zone, Tunyon. Number two. All right, what about Jamichael Hasty? Here is a line at monkeyknifefight.com. 70.5 rush yards. I'm taking the under here. Too aggressive. Too high. Not feeling it. I think he's going to find the end zone. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think he is going to tuck inside the RB2 class here in week number nine. That's why I got him at RB23 presently in my rankings. And, yes, all the statistical evidence you need is right there under your nose as Green Bay is allowed the most fantasy points a running back position, giving up 4.66 yards per carrier, 169.1 total yards per game, 14 total touchdowns. Hasey's forced six missed tackles on 22 touches, but just a mediocre 2.55 yak per attempt. And you think he's kind of a jag, just a guy, though I do think he fits this one cut and go scheme pretty well because he is, uh, you know, a runaway beer truck downhill once he gets that cut and plants and gets up field. So thinking like 60 yards and a touchdown, I don't think he's going to get to 71. Fader follow me on the under 70.5 rush yards for Hasty. A short little beer truck because not, not a big guy. <laughs> a compact, uh, like a yeah. Winnebago style. <laughs> um, this is a crazy high number, I think. I mean, for a guy that we don't really, you know, we haven't got a lot to, to go on with him in his NFL career. It's just basically assuming that he gets a big chunk of workload. But I think, again, that this is a Jarek McKinnon game in terms of, like, if they're playing from behind, I don't know how they're going to get a whole lot of volume for Jamichael Hasty in the rushing yard department or in the rush attempt department. So I think I got to follow you again. This is a total kumbaya podcast today. Well, it does happen from time to time. You know, you and I have these makeout sessions on air. I understand. <laughs> uh, let's do an impromptu head-to-head just real quick. Uh, just give me one word answer. Jamichael Hasty or DeAndre Swift against Minnesota? DeAndre Swift. I got Swift one spot higher. Uh, Jamichael Hasty or Phillip Lindsay against the Falcons? Uh, I got to look. Um, Hasty. I've got Hasty as well. What about Damian Harris uh, on a Monday night godforsaken game against the Jets? I got Harris. Uh, I also have Harris. So there you go. A couple of two cents there on Jamichael Hasty. Number one. All right, last and certainly not least, let's talk about the shining star in this game, the beacon, the indispensable starter that is Devontae Adams. Seven and a half receptions, Brandon. I'm over on this. Uh, you know, again, I don't know if Al Lazard's going to be back in uniform. Even if he is, he's probably going to be on a pitch count. MVS is woefully inconsistent. He wears that tarnished crown as a king of inconsistency. We like Tunyon, but is this like a 15-target game for Adams? And I don't care if he's shadowed by Jason Verrett. I mean, he's just so shifty, so creative in his routes, gets that separation, and Aaron Rodgers just puts it right on the numbers almost every single time. They are going to be symphonic tonight. I, I love this one-two punch and combination and a guy that needs to be in every single DFS lineup imaginable. So I am over on Adam's seven-and-a-half receptions. Much like DK Metcalf last week, this could be a double-digit figure game for him. 
uh, in terms of catches. Do you agree or disagree? Fade or follow? Yeah, and much like DeAndre Hopkins in week one when he went for 14 catches as well. Two alphas right there, and Devontae Adams is absolutely uh, one of the premier alphas in the league. Um, Man, even still, I think it's a a well-set number. I will go ahead and follow you on this one. I don't think it's going to be double digits, though, uh, like those other guys. I think it's eight. I think he's seven or eight. It's right on the number, and I will lean uh, to the over here. Well, the only two guys have gone over this number. Uh, have obliterated against San Francisco uh, was DK and DeAndre Hopkins. And I think Devontae Adams of a similar ilk. That's all I'm going to say. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Check out Brandon Funson's excellent work at The Athletic and follow him on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me at Noisy Wavos and check out FTN Fantasy, FTN Daily, FTNBets.com for all of your sports betting and fantasy sports content needs. Use that promo code Evans, E-V-A-N-S, to get 10% off your subscription today. Drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time... Adios, amigos!